Good morning, everybody. It is Pastor Paul here on a Monday, chilly Monday morning. So I've got the, the skull cap on to protect the dome, to keep the heat in. And it is December 11th, 2023. So if you've stumbled across this uh, broadcast, this is something we do Monday through Friday um, <clears throat> during the year where we track the sermon that we're going to be preaching on that upcoming Sunday. And so we take the passage, we pull it apart, we dissect it, and then we preach on it. And so in that way, we're, we're gathering up um, not just biblical knowledge information through these devotionals, but hopefully you're getting some tools in your tool belt to know how to study and apply God's word for yourself as you see sort of how I wrestle with it and, and unpack it and interpret it. Well, to say all that to say, that's not what we're doing this week, okay? Because we are going to hit pause on our devotionals for the next month or so, just looking at the calendar, realizing all the travel that's coming up, everybody out of pocket, this thing, that thing happening, just seems like this is an appropriate time to shut it down. And so we are going to be picking back up on our regular devotionals on Monday, January 8th. So everybody will be back in school. We will all be settled back then. But one of the things that I would encourage you to do is if you've um, fallen behind in these devotionals or you missed a week or two or three or a couple of months, use this, this next month or so to go back and um, listen, uh, watch some of the episodes that you miss and sort of get caught up in that way. But I did want to send us off by reading the next section from Matthew, because I think it's, um, it's, a, it's an appropriate text as we are entering full bore into the, into the Advent season where we are remembering the first coming of Christ. We are anticipating, longing for, looking for the second coming of Christ. And these may at first seem odd Advent passages to reflect on, but they're actually the, the ones that are um, next in our series in Matthew. I just wanted to read them, and I wanted to make a couple of notes about maybe where we've been the last several months and what we can anticipate going forward in Matthew's gospel, and then try to tie it in to this Advent season. All right, so Jesus has just finished a series of parables of teachings uh, about the kingdom of God. And these are strategically positioned here by Matthew to give us an insight, um, sort of a behind-the-curtains peek at, uh, at this reality that, that while some are embracing this message of the kingdom and Jesus himself, others, many others, are, are not. And Jesus lays out these series of parables for the disciples so that they can have understanding into the spiritual dynamics at play. Well, now that section is over. And let's read uh, about what happens on the heels of this series of teaching of these parables. And let's look at Matthew 13. Let's begin in verse 53. And we're actually going to read down into uh, chapter 14 a little bit. And when Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there. And coming to his hometown, he taught them in their synagogues so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? 
and not all his and are not all his sisters with us where then did get this man get all these things and they took offense at him but jesus said to them a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and in his own household and he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief at that time herod the tetrarch heard about the fame of jesus and he said to his servants this is john the baptist he has been raised from the dead that is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. For Herod had seized John and bound him and put him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because John had been saying to him, it is not lawful for you to have her. And though he wanted to put him to death, he feared the people because they held him to be a prophet. But when Herod's birthday came, the daughter of Herodias danced before the company and pleased Herod so that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask. Prompted by her mother, she said, Give me the head of John the Baptist here on a platter. And the king was sorry, but because of his oaths and his guests, he commanded it to be given. He sent and had John beheaded in the prison, and his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl, and she brought it to her mother. And his disciples came and took the body and buried it. And they went and told Jesus. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. Whoa, these are heavy passages, are they not? We were immediately reminded of John's gospel where he says he came to his own, but his own did not receive him. And really, in a lot of ways, this is... The, the shadow that falls um, across the ministry of, of Jesus, right? On, on one hand, you have joy and celebration in the coming kingdom of great value. Um, you have um, healings and supernatural events, but all the while in the, in the background is this looming rejection on the part of God's own people to their own Messiah. I'm reminded a little bit um, when uh, The Phantom Menace, which is one of the prequels in Star Wars, and it's the story of Anakin Skywalker when he was a little boy. And, um, and he, the, the, on the trailer posters, it shows a picture of him. He's just a little tyke, 10, 11-year-old tyke. He's walking, but in, in the background, his shadow, instead of the shadow of the little boy, you see the shadow of Darth Vader. And it's this reminder that the shadow of, of coming death and evil is, and suffering is, is always in the backdrop as you look at this little boy's story. Well, in a lot of ways, that's what these two passages, and they're situated together for a reason, are communicating to us. Despite... Um, the great hope and anticipation of this first coming of Christ, um, it is destined for suffering and death, right? Here are the two greatest humans to ever walk the face of the earth. Jesus, the God-man, that's obvious. But what does Jesus tell us about John the Baptist? Um, that he, among men, none were greater than he, right? Born of woman. And so, but here we, we, we see where this kingdom is going. First, Jesus' own town, his people reject him. And it's a reminder a prophet is not without honor 
um, except in his own country. And so the people who knew him best rejected him most vociferously. John the Baptist, he came to prepare the way of the Lord, but his life ends in a dungeon with his head severed from his body. And I think, again, this is Matthew's opportunity to remind us where the path of the cross leads. That in order for there to be a triumphal second coming, in order for there to be a victorious uh, reunion of Jesus and his people, where heaven and earth are merged into one new reality before any of that can occur, right? There is a major problem that has to be dealt with, and that is our sin, and that is death. And the way that death is dealt with in God's economy is through death. And we don't know all the reasons why God chose it this way, but the, the coming of Jesus, the first advent, is marked, as Matthew shows us, from start to finish with suffering, with lowliness, from the time that Jesus um, is born into a humble estate till when um, Herod's men are tracking him down to kill him, um, from the fact that Jesus grows up in obscurity, that the religious leaders are attacking him and want to destroy him, that is now his hometown is rejecting him, and not to mention his predecessor, the one who's preparing the way for him, um, who has such great high hopes for the coming king and the repentance of the people is beheaded by this uh, evil pagan king. What is all this communicating to us? Well, it's communicating to us the, the reality and the soberness of the age in which we live. Yes, it is the age of the kingdom. The kingdom has dawned. Jesus is breaking forth. And there is forgiveness of sins. There is reconciliation, God. There really is peace with God. But as we look around, we realize there's not peace on earth, right? There's not peace with fellow men. Not everyone has peace with God. And we are left in seasons like this with that sense of lament, of mourning, of yearning, of calling out to God and saying, how much longer, O Lord, uh, will you tarry? Will you wait? But Advent prepares us for that second coming, right? It reminds us that this is not a permanent state, a permanent condition. Now, it may be lengthy, it may be long, God's people might have to wait centuries, thousands of years, but it's only temporary. And this is a great meditation um, in our lives to have for this coming season, is to think about those places in our life where there is the proverbial beheading of John the Baptist, where there is the proverbial rejection of Jesus by his own people. We might think about relationships or children or financial situations or vocations or illnesses and diseases. These are, these are all the things that um, are left undealt with, okay, for the time being until Jesus' second advent, until Jesus' second coming. And it should prepare us, right, to have that deep sense of longing, to have that deep sense of yearning that we were not built for this place. We were not built for a broken world. We were built 
for a restored, perfect world with a perfect king ruling over us. And this can then lead us appropriately to consider the sober nature of Advent and, of course, the hopeful nature of Advent. So, so Four Oaks, whatever you're walking through this Advent season, Jesus holds out the gospel hope for us. As it says in Isaiah, um, a great light has shined upon the people, right? And it, the, the light is dawned. The kingdom is here. And even as we are waiting for it to be made new perfectly, we don't wait without hope. We wait in hope. And that's what these two stories remind us of. And we wouldn't be waiting in hope unless Jesus had come and his servants and laid down their lives. All right. Listen, we're going to be taking a little break here about the next month. Catch up on these devos. We're going to be back Monday, January 8th. Um, picking right back up in Matthew. Hope you guys have a great Christmas season. Love to see you at Christmas Eve or any of our other holiday things here at Four Oaks. Let me pray us out and we'll go from there. Lord, um, our hope is not in this world. Our hope is not in other people. Our hope is not in ourselves. Our hope is in you. And so Lord, let us um, dwell, feast, meditate upon that hope you this advent season in jesus name we pray amen all right everybody see you i'll see you i'll see you sooner than a month right but here i won't see you for another month talk to you later bye